Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. <laughs> There's my cheesy laugh for you today. Kurt Mortensen here. Welcome to Maximize Your Influence Podcast 440. As we take a deep dive, as you know, persuasion, motivation, influence, sales skills, closing skills, self-persuasion, mindset, building trust, emotional intelligence, all of the above, as you become better influencers. Dang it, things we should have learned in school, but we're getting it here. A couple tools a week, learning how to do it. We're going to go through the different things of the day. So again, glad you are here. Hit me up at Kurt, K-O-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Remember, use your email. You get the gold version of InfluenceUniversity.com, which is the advanced influence new tool training that will take you to the next level. So is influence, persuasion, an art, a science? Is it a matter of practice? What's the answer? All the above. There's an art to it. There's definitely a science to it. You know, you practice, learn how to apply it. That's part of it too. So, so look at the art side. We talk about that on the show and the science, and of course, the practice applications up to you, unless you do coaching. So right now, I'm traveling through Europe. I'll talk more about that later. But glad you are here. Hope you're achieving your goals as we take a dive today into more about trust. What are the traits of trust and the science of willpower? You're like what? What does willpower have to do with trust? Man, when people see you can't keep your goals, maybe you have a lack of character, it shuts the doors to trust. Now, I know you're good, trustworthy people, but realize there's been a shift. Trust is an all-time low. It used to be, I trust you, give me a reason not to. It's not like, yeah, I don't trust you. I'm going to give you 10 feet. I'm going to keep my distance. But once you get that trust, it can last forever. As long as you don't blow it, you can lose trust fast. We'll spend time on that another time. Or go to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Here's what's interesting. You just feel it. I have to quantify it. So there are different elements of trust. But this has not only an aspect of trust with others, trusting yourself, and it's a huge element of motivation and self-persuasion. A couple interesting studies before we get into the blunder. A Gallup poll found that the majority of people feel you can't be too careful when dealing with others. <laughs> All right? Something's up. Too good to be true. They're out to get me. Another interesting study found that only 4% of people felt complete trust. And that wasn't just one person. This was all the salespeople they had dealt with in the last two years. I did a study a while back. And I was looking at persuasive and sales situations. And I asked both the prospect and the salesperson, okay, was there trust? <laughs> Here's what gets interesting. Only 12% of the prospects trusted the salesperson. But 80% of the salespeople said, oh yeah, they trusted me. I got it. We're going to do this. (laughs) You see the disconnect? So we're going to dive into trust in the science of willpower here in a bit. But first, the persuasion blunder of the week. Don't, don't, don't. This was on my last road trip I took between California and Las Vegas. And it is a blunder. This was in the city of Baker, which has the largest thermostat in the world. It's in the middle of the desert. 
middle of nowhere, time to stop for gas, get some drinks, a little rest. And I didn't realize till after I'd pumped gas, but I was paying a dollar more than it would have been in Vegas and 40 cents more than it was down the street. The way it was set up when you got off the off-ramp, this was the nicest gasoline place in town. I mean, it was the first one. First of all, it was the very first one. The most important was beautiful, the lights, different eateries, different things. You just fill up, didn't look at the price. And then when you got a drink, I mean, I think they were charging four bucks for one rock star, something like that. Anyway, they got their money. I felt violated. They take advantage of me of the pump. I was dumb enough to go to the first stop. I probably should have thought that one through, but it was big. It was nice. It was beautiful. It was the first one. Wanted to stop. Was ready to get out. Of course, kids in the back need to go to the bathroom. But the drinks and what they cost, what people paid for things and for the snacks, we did the math later and probably paid four or five times more than we should have. Now, congratulations. You did get my money. But again, I will never go back, never do business. I drive that quite a bit. And that is the blunder. A lot of people don't realize that they get their money up front. They think they've done well. But if you want repeat business, and as you know, if you're running a business, your best customer is repeat business. That is what you want. That is the blunder. Shame on you. Because I know real estate in the middle of the desert doesn't cost that much where you need to charge it. Like an airport. I get airports. You know, they charge a lot of rent. They have to up their fees a little bit. But this one did not have to happen. So take care of your customers for the long-term LTV, long-term value of your customer. I bet you it could be in the thousands of dollars. With that, and before we move into our trust content today, let's get into an article. Go. This is brought to us by Social Cognitive and Effective Neuroscience, probably on your bedstand and the Stanford University, about how the right smile could boost trust. And giving. Now, I think we've all seen the creepy smile, the weird smile, the pedophile smile. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Some smiles attract and some smiles repel. We know that. And we talked about some of those last podcast. But they did find in this study that people are willing to offer more money to others who display similar emotional expressions, mostly smiles, that these were more important than race or even gender. And of course, I've talked a lot about similarities on the show and connecting with people. And that's the thing sometimes with cultures or even other departments in your company is that cultures are similar to each other. They call it the ideal effect match. So they looked at uh, Europeans and Americans who typically want to feel states of excitement, high arousal, positive states versus Asians. Again, we're generalizing here, prefer to feel states of calmness, which is low arousal and positive states. So everyone likes the positive states, but some like the high arousal, some like the low arousal. And they found that people tend to like and trust those who had the same emotional states or have that ideal effect match that we talked about. And they did a thing called the dictator game, and I don't know where they get these games or these names. And what they did is decide whether to distribute money to other players. They didn't have to. They were just giving money to divide it, keep it or divide it however you want. Very dictator. They found that Europeans and Americans gave more money to the recipients who had expressions of excitement. Open toothy smiles, they called it, versus Korean students gave more to recipients whose expressions conveyed calm, closed smiles. To continue on that, Europeans and Americans rated excited recipients as more trustworthy, but then the Koreans rated the calm recipients as more trustworthy. 
Okay, it wasn't the race or the gender. It was their facial expressions. So again, similarities. The findings suggest that emotional expressions, when it matches them, their style, their culture, it triggers more trust. The more you can be like them. We like people that are like us. We trust people who are like us. And that's important to adapt to different personalities, different age groups, different cultures, different departments. Remember the rule of the show is you need to persuade people how they want to be persuaded. Because your default setting is you tend to persuade how you like to be persuaded, and that is wrong. So bottom line, the results imply that when dealing with other cultures, if you don't understand their facial expressions, if you're not able to match or understand them, you'll lose trust and credibility. Interesting stuff that you could take away and think about, especially as the world's getting smaller and we're working with a lot more cultures and different people. Let's spend some time today on character. Oh, I have that. Mm, Do you? Just because you're a good person, a good trustworthy person, does not mean people trust you. This is your honesty. Are you honest all the time? Your integrity. UCLA did a study and said the main reason people succeed in business long-term is integrity. Then sincerity, which is a fascinating word, which comes from the Latin word sinceris, which means without wax. You're like, okay, Kurt, what does that mean? Well, back then when you were making a sculpture out of marble or a pillar, I'm sure that's what you'd be doing, you would make a little mistake or something would happen, you'd fill the mistake with wax. But when you put that sculpture or pillar outside, the sun would melt the wax, reveal the deception. So when you're sincere, there is nothing you're hiding, you're without wax. And one of my favorite motivators, may rest in peace, Zig Ziglar, the most important persuasion tool you have in your arsenal is integrity. That is dramatic for trust. But people have to see it and know that you have it. You just can't expect them to, hey, I'm a good person, so you should... Trust me, it's different than that. And I love what Helen Keller said. Hopefully you've read her history. She says, character cannot be developed in the ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, vision cleared, ambition inspired, and a success achieved. Isn't that a great quote about character and who you are as a person? You're not talking about politicians. They are at all-time low trust level. But you have to understand your character and who you are. And people see this. And if you don't have good character, there's no trust. But here's the challenge. Here's the disconnect. Here's where you're probably blowing it. Part of your character is your self-discipline, your willpower, your self-control, your self-mastery. People look at that. And what that means is if you make a promise to them and don't keep it, obviously that hurts your character. And that's a challenge with personality. Some people, when they say Friday at 5, it's around Friday at 5, but some people know it's before 5. Here's where you miss it. When you tell people about promises that you're making to yourself, whether you want to exercise more, eat healthier, get to work early, work longer, finish your projects faster, and you don't, that hurts their perception of character on you, which hurts their trust about you, even though it's a personal thing. Isn't that interesting? Now, let's talk about that science of willpower because the science and studies now are fascinating, that self-discipline. Because in life, you're either going to have discipline or regret. You have to have self-discipline, which is the bridge between goals and achievement. You have to conquer yourself. But here's the challenge with this. You think about your goals. 
the things that you want to accomplish and realize that most of the time you fail at your goals in late afternoon or evening or late evening. And you're like, Kurt, why is that? Well, think about it. If you have a goal to eat healthier, you have inside you what I call a willpower battery, a self-discipline battery. And you wake up in the morning, it's fully charged. But here's the issue. Every time you resist and say no, it depletes your willpower battery a little bit. It just goes, drains a little bit, right? So you wake up fully charged. You're like, no to the bagels, you know, half hour later, no to the donuts. No, 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 no to the fast food. But every time we say no, it drains the battery a little bit because it takes a little energy to resist. And by that late afternoon, when you get home from work, nobody loves you. Nobody cares. You don't care. And you eat the whole thing of ice cream. All right. We've all been there. You've done it before. That's because you've drained your willpower battery. Now, the difference between character and trust, the difference between success and failure is realizing that your willpower battery is drained. That's the difference. Most people don't even realize it and they just fail all the time. You have to be aware of it. You have to be aware, too, that other things drain your willpower battery. Things like failure, things like pessimistic people, low emotions like anger, frustration, resentment, lack of sleep, low blood sugar, for some bad weather. You have to be aware these things are draining you. The people around you could be draining you. The people on your team could be drained. And here's the key. This is what you need to understand. A, like I mentioned, be aware that you're drained. You have to be aware. And once that you're aware that you've been drained, you have to recharge your battery. Or you member on your team. How do you recharge it? Well, everyone's different here, but let me give you a comprehensive list and you pick two or three that'll work for you. A vision board, thinking about your future. Vision, what you want to accomplish, thinking about your goals. Not the dark side of goals we talked about in episode 220. Again, if you want the archives, that's at influenceuniversity.com. But true goals that you believe in. You can talk to positive people. You can watch something that's funny. You can take a nap. You can meditate. You can pray. You can take a walk out in the sunshine, get some fresh air, get a Red Bull, whatever it is, music, exercise. What is it that works for you? to get you back on track. And you've got to do it quickly. Have your little ritual, whatever it is. Talk to someone that you love that's going to boost you up, saying it's worth it, go for it, do it for the family, do it for me, whatever it takes. You have to put that in place. That is the difference between success and failure. That is the difference between having character and not having character is really understanding that self-discipline. So I hope you caught that. Things that drain it. You should make a list and be aware that you're drained for you and members on your team. And of course, what's going to boost it up? What's going to really increase that battery? Again, fresh air. That's an interesting one. Sunshine. We know there's something about that. In fact, there was a fascinating study done at a hotel where they put people in a room where they couldn't really see the weather outside and they would bring in the food service and they would describe the weather as hot or cold or cloudy and sunny. And they would add them together in different combinations. And they found out when they said it was sunny, whether it was hot or cold, it increased their tips. There's something about thinking about the sun, being in the sun, fresh air, again, exercise, meditation, prayer, getting something to eat, hopefully something healthy, right? Those are things that make a big difference that people don't even think about as they understand exactly how this works. In fact, an interesting study... One of my favorite studies is kind of cruel. I guess all the studies are kind of cruel between the electric shocks and this one. They had these students fast for four hours. 
course, they're hungry and they show up and they're registering for this. I believe it was called a sensory perception study. And as they're registering and getting in, they smell freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. And uh, half of them went into this room and they were warm. I mean, these are warm cookies. They were surrounded by peanut M&Ms. And then there were a plate of radishes, right? Those were your choices, radishes or warm chocolate chip cookies. And I don't know about you, that's like no-brainerville for me. I mean, that's simple stuff. Half the students, they said, just eat whatever you want. And the other half, they said, all right, you're going to have to exercise willpower and resistance. You're going to have to resist eating the cookies, and you can only eat the radishes. (laughs) I mean, think about it. The camera shows the students walking around. They look at the cookies. They're smelling the cookies. And we've talked about the power of smell on the show before. And they eventually eat the radishes. (laughs) Again, cruel trick. I mean, I don't even like radishes. They could pick something better than radishes. But anyway, that's what they did. And they said, okay, we're going to get ready for the next part of the study. Go ahead in the next room. And while you're waiting for the next part of the study is we have these puzzles in there. We want you to solve them for us. See how fast you can solve them. We're going to time you. The students did not know that was the part of the study. Puzzles. They wanted to see how fast they would give up. Now, think about it. From you know about willpower and willpower battery, who's going to give up two and a half times faster? The chocolate chip cookie eaters that exercised willpower or the radish eaters that did not. Think about it. It was the radish eaters that gave up two and a half times faster because their willpower battery was drained more than the chocolate chip cookie eaters. Now, somebody think, well, maybe it was the cookies, maybe it was the food. And they've done it with other things besides food. We know this to be a fact. It is real. It's something that you need to think about. Being aware of your willpower battery, your self-discipline, which is a function of your character. Remember, we talked about honesty in all your doings, being fair, having that integrity, being sincere. People see right through it when you're lying or trying to be deceptive, and we'll talk more about that in other podcasts about trust. But for right now, what I want you to think about and work on is your willpower battery. Because if you can't keep your own promises to yourself, people see that, it hurts your character, which hurts their trust about you. And final piece here and part of your character is how you handle your challenges, your problems, your trials in your life. Do they make you a better person? You learn, you grow, or does it make you a bitter person where you blame and point fingers is a big part of the lack of trust and a big part of your character to own up. Yeah, that was my fault. My mistake. I apologize. Rebuilds that character and actually increases trust. It's okay to do that. And we've even found that within the law of connectivity and connecting with people. If you badmouth an organization or another person, it hurts that connection. It hurts your trust. Now you're like, well, okay, uh, there's another company they're looking at, but they're a bad company. Okay, I agree they are. But if you badmouth them, say negative things, it's going to hurt your relationship and hurt the trust between the both of you. Now, the solution that I've found that I've used is like, okay, That's interesting. You can always talk about your strengths, but give them ways to find out for themselves through websites or testimonials or other people you need to talk to. Give them ways to find out for themselves that that might not be the best company to work with. So you do not hurt your character, your trust, your connection with that person. So let me recap a little bit. Trust is an all-time low. We know you can earn it and it can last a long time or you can quickly lose it. The reality is trust is the glue that keeps everything together. It doesn't matter what I teach you, how many tools I give you, or how many tools you have, you use, or I give you, you still need that trust. I give you the greatest persuasion sales tool in the world, but if there's no trust, it's very difficult to influence that person. And it's always been strange to me how this concept of trust 
is missing from most sales courses, from a lot of them anyway. College courses, leadership courses, negotiation courses. Now, negotiation can be a little different. Trust levels can be a little lower just the way it's set up, but that's a whole nother podcast. I'm telling you what, when you have trust and they know you have character, you have your willpower, your self-discipline in place, influence is easy. The influence door is wide open for you. So again, thanks for being here. Just take the one thing, one thing you learned today, apply it, use it, put it in your toolbox, focus on it for at least a week so it becomes natural to you. Make sure you go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com for the archives. For the free book, pick up a little shipping and handling of Maximum Influence. It's a new edition. You can take your persuasion assessment there and check out more about product services, trainings, coaching, and speaking. So please hit like, subscribe, tell your family, friends, and enemies. Check us out under Maximize Your Influence under iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. Master these skills. Get better a little bit every week. Become a better negotiator. Learn to motivate yourself and go out and persuade with power.